Why, hello, and welcome to Season 25, Episode 5 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. And I'm Tappy. And I don't know why my mic is so loud. Mm -hmm. This episode of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast is sponsored by EasyRollerDice.com. They have a new Kickstarter, which we'll talk about in a moment. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. No, happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. It's okay, so it's only been 10 years. It's only been 10 <laughs> years. Uh, we have, we're on many social meteors. We're on the, the Facebooks, we're on the Twitters, and the Instagrams, and the MeWees, and... Facebook. Did you know there's a Happy Jacks Reddit? Yeah. There's a, ha- there's a slash Happy, Happy Jacks. Jacks. Yeah. Yes. I'm an admin on it now. So hmm. good. Three years ago, two years ago, I got an invite to be an admin on it. Yeah. And I just happened to log into it, I'm like, ah. I think Tyler made it. Except he did. Yeah. Um, so Happy Jacks RPG, all one word for all that stuff. Except for the the Reddit. No one goes to the Reddit. Mm. I answered. Someone had a question they had put up like two days before. Oh. And I went in and I'm like, I think this is the answer. <laughs> well, you don't know. It was about one of Dave's. It was about one of Dave's characters in the L five R campaign. Oh, got it. And it, it, the um, he had some sort of ingot of metal in his robes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was that was that from the sword? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought. So I answered the question correctly. Good so job. I, just out of the blue, haven't haven't logged into my Reddit account in probably two or three years. Yeah. I log into it two days earlier. Someone posted on the Happy Jacks. Boom! I'm right there. Nice. Oh yeah, there's your answer. I'm yeah. on here all the time, pal. <laughs> and it's the only. It, it's probably the, the most <laughs> most recent post before that is probably nine or ten months before. Yeah. And it's probably they're still chewing. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> or something like that. Um, I wonder if we should switch it so it's Happy Jacks RPG, so it matches everything else. I don't know how easy that is. I don't know you're an admin. I, I'll, I'll find out. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. oh, and also, if you'd like to watch the show live, you can go to happyjacks.org/live. That's happyjacks.org/live, and you can get the you can watch us on there, or you can go to the link for YouTube or for Twitch or whatever you want to watch on. It's yes. all it's all right there. Seven p.m. Pacific time on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I have a story from the con, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to tell it yet. Okay. But this is might be one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me at a game convention. Oh lord. Okay. I except for the guy who the guy who smelled like salami. <laughs> wait, when wait. I, when I was very young, <laughs> that one that guy who smelled like salami. No, like. Like I mistook his bo for salami because he'd had so much garlic. I'm like, someone's got like a salami sandwich right now. It smells. Oh god, who is that? I'm getting hungry. And all of a sudden, I realize it's the guy next to me. And I'm like, oh, why does your bo smell like food? That is so fucked up. There was that. Was that maybe you, like forgot to pack deodorant and then actually took a salami to like maybe. try and not smell bad? Maybe. Or he went to one of those places where they like the stinking rows where they sell like. Oh. Uber garlic stuff, which I forgive that. That is so, that place I don't, is so good. I don't it forgive that at so all. Good. I don't forgive that at all. Uh, that is a, a horrible thing to do to anyone around you the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it at a con. Don't do it at a con. That's true. No. But really. Right. So anyway, <clears throat> right now, Easy Roller Dice. You know, Easy Roller Dice. They sponsor our show awesome. often. They love us, and we love them back. They have a new dice bag Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a new dice bag, check this out. 
they've launched their second series of self-standing reversible microfiber dice bags. Woohoo! Uh, so there was a first series. Yeah. And this is the second. So they're self-standing, so they have like a flat bottom, so when you open them up, boop, your dice are right there. They don't fall over onto Stork's dice mm-hmm. and spread his curse, which is nice, mm-hmm. I think. And they're also reversible. And they're reversible. So it's like, if you change your mind on what you want your dice bag to look like, it's like immediate. It's right, cool. exactly. And uh, the emblems they have on this second series, uh, they have a sword, a lion, an Ouroboros, which is the self-eating... Uh, Isn't that Ouroboros? Or is it Ouroboros? I have no idea. I've always mm. pronounced it Ouroboros. I have no idea. I have no idea either. It's That's one the of, self-eating snake. Yeah. Right. It's one of the shitty things of reading a lot of books when you're young. You have no fucking clue how to pronounce things. Yeah. Right. If that's like the ancient Greek version of the recycling symbol. Yeah. Kind yeah, of. basically. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's sure. a snake eating itself. Yeah, no, I know what it is. <clears throat> I'm also pretty sure it's not about recycling. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it... It's, it's, it's like... Well, I mean, it's kind of like... It's like a recycling centipede. <laughs> Not like a human recycling centipede. <laughs> no, no, it's a snake recycling. <laughs> recycling it's human like centipede. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, anyway, um, uh, so the Ouroboros or Ouroboros uh, blades, two dragon designs, a gauntlet, a spell book, helmet, a mace design, and a cool cleric symbol. Okay. I really want it to be two Wesley Snipes. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> so go over to easyrollerdice.com slash bags. B-A-G-S. Easyroller.com on easyrollerdice.com slash bags. You can check them out and get yours reserved today. Uh, I should also mention that this uh, dice bag is reversible, one hundred percent reversible. Yes. And it has the inverse pattern on the opposite side. I mean, yeah. you, you can kind of figure out what I'm talking about there. And you can go to easyrollerdice.com slash bags and you can see the designs there yourself. Uh, they're also self standing. So, you know, Storks you don't have to worry about them splashing into Stork's dice and getting his cooties on them, which is nice. Um, so there you go. Easyrollerdice.com slash bags and we thank them for their support. And if you'd like to support the show, you can always support our sponsors. We appreciate it. They mm-hmm. appreciate it. And you appreciate it when you get their cool stuff. So thank you. So I won't tell my story yet. I'll do the first email, then I'll tell my story. Okay. <laughs> Is he going to do that every single time? You're like, thank you very oh, much. I forgot oh. to say, in this episode of Happy Checks RPG Podcast, Sam from Lakewood asks about the difference between sci-fi and fantasy games. Erica Odd writes in about <clears throat> becoming her own GM horror story. I love those stories. When someone realizes that they are the, yeah, the, the problem, they are the problem. Yeah. and Rufus writes in about converting an eight-year-old murder hobo, which sounds oddly familiar. Mm, it does, but maybe not. We'll see. Let's see if we can get to that email. <clears throat> the difference between sci-fi and fantasy. I'm getting a, a lot of bum 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 from someone. Like breathing into it. Yep. I'm rolling down lows. Okay. It might be. I'm rolling down lows. Um, we, I, we rewired and updated the table, by the way. Thank you for all our amazing Patreons who have helped that be yes. possible. Mm-hmm. But that's also why Stu's going to be super preoccupied with cool sound stuff right now. Yes. Uh, I was wondering, if, uh, dear Happy Jackers, I was wondering if you feel that there is uh, a fundamental difference between fantasy style RPGs and science fiction style RPGs in the feel and the play style of the game. My group has been having this debate for a while with half of us preferring future-slash-modern sci-fi, while the other prefers more traditional sword and sorcery fantasy games. Simple aesthetics aside, swords versus laser swords, steel armor versus Kevlar, etc. 
we feel that there are some very root differences between the two settings that lead to drastically different gameplay experiences, such as ready, inf- ready information access, easy mobility between locations, more nuance of actions, lethality of combat for some reason. Um, well, that makes sense. And the greater technology, the, the, the more efficient you are at murdering each other. Because you're just going to do it better. Um, <coughs> uh, sorry. Uh, permanence of consequences, assumed financial burdens, emphasis on long-range per- imp- imp- impersonal combat encounters, etc. Wanted to get your opinion on, on if any of these are valid and if you can think of other examples of ways in which science fiction and fantasy games just play different. And if so, which overall experience do you prefer and why? Thank you, Sam from Lakewood. Do you have any opinions? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Um, well, this is actually funny because I typically run science fiction RPGs really more like dystopian cyberpunk bullshit. Um, like, everything is always terrible in my games. Um, but my uh, my closest friend, she really loves <coughs> high fantasy elf magic bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, like... She plays in my in my group, and so I want to like run that kind of game because she really likes it. But I I don't think I've ever run a high fantasy campaign like I was saying uh, before we started. Um, so like thinking, I was actually thinking about these differences today before I actually even read this. Um, but I think you're talking about, like, lethality of combat or, like, that it's long-range combat or stuff, I mean, they're definitely high, especially when you're talking about high fantasy. Um, That's not necessarily the case. I mean, you can, like, do curses on death curses on people that you are miles and miles away. So, I... You know, when it... When it really comes down to it, like, I think that a lot of the... (coughs) sci-fi tropes are more having to do with figuring stuff out um, more like with objects rather than with like spiritual bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that whole uh, sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic but we usually don't play in that high sci-fi of a world. Like Mm -hmm. Star Trek kind of gets there because you have replicators that make food and teleport people and shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, it's still like a thing that does it, not like a wizard going gobbledygook and right. stuff happening. So with with again like with spiritualism and stuff like that, a lot of that gets into like personal like getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in sci-fi, I think it's more external. Like you're usually fighting against like. Uh, I mean, you do in, in fantasy as well, like you have Sauron and shit like that, but I mean, it's like in cyberpunk, you're, you know, going against these mega corporations that you will literally never beat. Like, right. you, there is no technology good enough for you to defeat a corporation. Um, or like, even in like Star Trek, where you're not defeating like an entire, like, World, etc., or an entire like um, race. Like you're not going to go defeat all of the Klingons, right? Um, whereas I think in high fantasy, you can actually do that. You can absolutely do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, 
you get to things like Exalted, which is definitely super high fantasy, where you can just walk in between the raindrops. Right. That's not something you usually see in sci-fi tropes. No. Um, and so, like, you can actually go further to the ridiculous when it comes to magic, I think. Or just, like, the impossible, I should say. Yeah. Um, as opposed to sci-fi, it usually stays somewhat within the realm of the... I can kind of, sort of, understand how this works. Right. Because um, you can do a technobabble thing, like, 15 minutes long to why something else works, but magic is fucking magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of, like, one of the, the biggest differences, at least for me. For, to, for me, I think the biggest difference... And, and it, with, with Traveler kind of being an exception to the rule... Is the speed of communication? Yeah, mm, mm. because um, in most, I mean, there is magical communication sometimes, but a surprising number of of fantasy uh, settings don't have an instantaneous method of communication because that's one of the things that sort of defines the era or the mm-hmm. you know the period of time is how fast does communication move, mm-hmm. and in a fantasy. In a fantasy setting, it moves at speed of travel pretty much all the time. I yeah. mean, there might be those rare occasions where you, know, oh, this is an emergency. But, but mm-hmm. like, and, and if you look back at like, like Gandalf needs to go talk to Sauron, fucking walks there, or Saruman, sorry, mm-hmm. and he he has to get on a fucking horse and ride, right? Because right? he can't just say, "I'm gonna." Good, and they have those globes, but those things are dangerous because who knows who has them, right? So yeah. there's always that the magical communication, all accounted for. right, is always wrought with peril. Mm-hmm. But in in uh, but it's instantaneous in most science fiction settings and readily available. The, 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 the biggest difference, which I think is one of the reasons I like the setting so much, is the traveler setting, where interstellar communications is at the speed of travel again. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not instantaneous or anything close. It's actually, ri- in fact, in our traveler game right now, the party is using a, like a jump three ship and the the expo network is still jump one or two, so mm. the party's actually beating communications to star systems because they have a faster ship than the expo. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's also with just information in general. Yes, in yeah. in a fantasy setting, you really have a balkanization of data because it's a book. Mm-hmm. You can't access a book except by reading it, yeah. and these books are often stored away in these libraries or reliquaries or whatever that only certain people get access to. So, knowledge in general is just not accessible. Whereas in sci-fi, like the same thing with uh, uh, with news, you can, oh, I need to uh, learn this information? Cool, I'm going to go download it. Right. Um, and even if it's not readily available, you can probably get to it anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, yeah, there's a lot more of that... Uh, uh, Accessibility in the sci-fi settings. I think uh, one of the things it's easier to when you're a GM to play on um, mistrust and fears in um, like magical items than mm-hmm. it is in technology. Like technology has this inherent like it's been developed like it's trust unless it's something that's built to be a weapon and has very clear consequences. Um, like it's like oh you. Found the future equivalent of an atom bomb. Maybe be careful with that shit. Right. Like, that's very obvious. But with magic, there's a lot more 
like potential for things to go wrong, for people to fuck things up. There's just like a bit of mystery kind of tied in with the knowledge thing you were just talking about. It's not something everybody knows about where most people know don't fuck with an atom bomb. So I think there's more kind of little like avenues and mystery that you can tie into specific items and, and things in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's just something that people like that is like way above the tech level that the people are used to, then that like has a whole new kind of level of things. And then it basically essentially uh, becomes magic for them. Right. If it's so far above them. Well, that's kind of what's going mm-hmm. on in our, in our traveler game right now because you have this artifact mm-hmm. and you know that it does stuff. But it you, glows really well. It's right. very cool. Mm-hmm. It glows. And it's and it's done and, and it's there's been some weird things happen when it's around. Yeah. It's and it sufficiently advanced culture, mm-hmm. it seem it seems like magic, and it might as well be yeah. story wise. Yeah. There is a, a difference though, mm-hmm. in that in fantasy settings, magic typically can only be done intrinsically by a few people. Mm-hmm. Whereas True. technology often is set up to where, well, you can learn how to do it. Anybody can learn how to use this thing. Or, right. you know, it just works, mm-hmm. even. So, again, that's like kind of like accessibility of stuff as opposed yeah. to being special. Yeah. Like, talent in, involved. Talking in the chat room about vampires using Craigslist to, for blood play fetish. Mm. And it, we, had one, we had a session where, where one, of, one of the player <laughs> characters... <laughs> huh? Nothing. We had a... We had a, we had a um, uh, in our vampire game, mm-hmm. we had one session where someone's like, ah, "I need to feed people I would normally feed from." Make it on Tinder. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, of course, vampires was used. Yeah, well, <coughs> like grab one for, for them. They have to use blush of life though, because otherwise their dead fingers won't uh, oh. on the, the screen. <laughs> That's oh. true. Yeah. I don't think we ever thought about that. Spit. Sometimes that will that will work. Yeah, no, that one hundred percent works. Or maybe like if there's a stylus for it or something. Mm. Oh, maybe. Mm. The other thing that I and I don't know what this may have to do with communication mm. is respect for law enforcement. Uh, In uh, fantasy, fantasy versus sci- versus mo- well, even modern. I think there's people a tend dependency to, there. I think people tend not not oh, there's exceptions, but I think people tend to to be a little more. Not respectful because no PCs are respectful of the laws. No. But they're a little more mindful of the repercussions. Well, one bullet ruins your whole week. Right, right. Whereas it's, the town guard, you piss off the town guard in one town, you go to the next town. Well, also, <laughs> if the town guard were of the same ability as a police officer in modern time, they'd have like finger guns that shoot mine bullets. Right, right? Like. <laughs> You, you can't look at it and be like, oh, well, if there's no tech... If, if we're talking about magic, then it has to be of a magical level equal to the sci-fi setting that you're looking at. Right. right. Well, I think even more than that, I think, again, it's getting back to the, the flow of information thing. Because mm-hmm. if you fuck someone over in a, in a you know, modern or futuristic setting, suddenly you are, you're on Interpol, your image is oh, out yeah. there everywhere, your fingerprints are out oh, there, yeah. where it's like you might get a pretty close sketch in most fantasy games of, mm-hmm. oh, here, we got this really good artist to draw a rendition of what the guard said you looked like after you beat the shit out of him. We're going to disseminate this to the three towns in the Around quarter nearby. mile from here. So you're kind of fine. Like, if you can get out of that small radius, yeah. you're cool. One of the most useful spells in Shadowrun is, uh, I think it's cleanse, mm-hmm. where if you get shot, you cleanse your blood out so they can't oh, like, nice. 
track use you. Use it for spells. Or, yeah. or use it for spells or, mm-hmm. you know, get your DNA yeah, evidence and then true. check it for other things. <laughs> that's awesome. <clears throat> All right. Interesting <clears throat> file. So immediately I go to, oh, tracking spells. Tracking spells. Blood's for tracking spells. Hair and blood, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, any, any, any other? One thing, actually, I think that they really have in common um, is travel time. Uh, because, hear me out, because in, like, modern settings, it's it's a lot faster. Where in space travel, like our traveler games, it's like, okay, we're going to spend the next two weeks jumping to this place. Mm-hmm. Where it's kind of a similar thing, even though it's a vast difference of distance. Like, in a fantasy campaign, you're like, all right, we're riding horses from this kingdom to the next kingdom. We're going to be riding for two weeks. Right. Two, or it'd be kind of like being on a sailing ship. And yeah. like, oh, exactly. okay, well, we got to go to the next island. Yeah. That's so. kind of how I always kind of pictured... Traveler really is kind of like the Age of Sail. Mm-hmm. It really, it really is in a lot of ways. <coughs> but um, yeah, I, I feel like was it like that? I can't, don't remember Edge of the Empire travel. Edge of the Empire. The the the, the suggestion is to, is that travel kind of takes the amount of time that the story requires it to take. Okay, which is which yeah. is how the it, speed of plot. Yeah. Yes, and which is one of the reasons why you've got. Well, like Joss Whedon, have you ever tried looked at the, the 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 star system? It's ridiculous. It's it's got like a it's a star system with like eleven stars in it. Yeah, and yeah. And, and there's planets and sub moons of planets and other stars that are rotating around it that have planets around it that have moons around them and they're all <laughs> and, habitable and they all look like Southern California. Oddly enough, yeah, some of, most crazily of enough, do. yeah. <laughs> it's because of terraforming, not budgets. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one of the things that I, I really love about Traveler, because I think <coughs> Traveler is, is like the bar for hard sci-fi mm-hmm. in RPGs, is that it's hard sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's only one like Star Trek, or definitely Star Wars. You can definitely talk about it as like soft sci-fi. It's like, ah, well, it just kind of works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how mean, do you go? How do you go warp? Uh, and as yeah, opposed space to, wizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and space wizards, as opposed to, well, you have. Psionics that have very specific rules, but right. that's also a sci-fi trope. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything it has very specific limits on what it can and cannot do, and how jumping works is very specific, um, and you just can't get around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think that concept of like a hard sci-fi, like there's high and low fantasy, but there's no hard fantasy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. All right. Do you want to hear my con story? It's great. It's great. Kemi's heard the con story. I've heard the con story. I heard the con story in like real time. <laughs> <laughs> so I go out into the alley to have a to have a to have a dart, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sitting out there, and there's a, this this girl walks up, and by the way she's dressed, I don't want to assume, but I looked at her and the way she was dressed, and I'm like, I think she's working. As in, as in, sex, oh, as a sex I, worker. Uh, to make I, it perfectly I clear. So, I was sitting out there. She bumped a cigarette for me, and uh, she's like, "Oh, you're you're at the game. You're at the convention. What is what? What is what is this? Do you know the strip club down the street is empty? Because <laughs> <laughs> I guess she works there too. Oh, well, she, well, she's probably a stripper who just got off work or something. No, she was she was giving up for the night. Because this is after our show on Saturday, and this is Mm -hmm. after we were hanging out in the bar, so it's one Mm o'clock, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Well, they need to do a theme (coughs) night, obviously, right? But she and she's like, I don't. This is a convention, right? Because (laughs) 
Well, I'm usually busier than this. <laughs> I, I don't. Do you guys like girls? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but she could not. I'm like, no. This isn't like I'm going to a, a, a convention for a bunch of accountants. Yeah, it's yeah. not a working like a, a, a job convention people go to because yeah. of work or sales convention. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're like, whoo! Thank God that's over. Yeah. Let's right. go to the strip club. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <gasps> Does that mean there are tables open in the strip club where you can run games? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what they need to do. <laughs> that'd be amazing. That's what they need to do. And you, um, you, you tip the you tip the the stripper to play the cleric. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a friend who in Vegas uh, tried to like hire a stripper to come to their hotel room to play the cleric, right. and the person on the phone was very confused. Like, sir, we don't we don't offer that kind of service. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. She's like, no, no, no. She just has to play the cleric. I mean, we need a healer. Like, mm, we don't. She's like trying to figure out what it's code for. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh man, probably. Like, mm, probably. What? It's like I don't a know. This healer? Sounds... Is this like blade play? Yeah. What's <laughs> going on? No, we don't do that. We have a nursing outfit. But anyway, she was very confused, yeah. and she didn't understand why it, this was like the slowest night of the year for her. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was very funny. Yeah, lots of. Socially awkward people who really don't want to spend any time doing anything else but gaming. Thank you very much, ma'am. Right. <laughs> I uh, I accidentally went to a strip club once because I wanted to watch a a, a sports match. That was my my blood sports. Mm-hmm. I love when people punch other people, um, but I didn't know it was a strip club. I went into the bar. And so I was sitting there and waiting for her and having my beer. And then this woman comes up and sits next to me who's, like, wearing one of the smallest bikinis I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just, how you doing? I'm like, I'm doing great. So picked up a conversation. We talked for, like, 25 minutes. <laughs> and then she's like, so do you want to dance or not? I'm like, Oh, oh no! I'm sorry. I didn't I mean. Ball. I didn't mean to waste your time. I'm here to watch people punch each other. She's like, mm, and she took off. Like, oh, I'm sorry. That was kind of a dick move. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't get paid for that. Tw- you could have made a lot of money, right? So, <laughs> anyway, yes. Uh, becoming my own horror story from Erica Odd. I will read this. All right. Hi, Erica. You're you're awesome. I love you. All right. Hello, joyful tars. Assuming that Jack is in Happy Jack refers is referring to a sailor. How many ways can fans come up with to refer to you all as anything but Happy Jackers? In this, my second email to you, I'm writing to say that I find myself becoming my own GM horror story <gasps> and ask for advice about it. Years ago, I went through a phase where I was experienced uh, where I experienced what I referred to at the time as GM ADD. No insensitivity or offense intended to those who suffer from legitimate ADD or ADHD. None taken. Me. Um, <laughs> a lot of us. Yeah. Woo-hoo, high five. Woohoo! Yes. He got distracted before he. Even yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to. I'd get hyped up. <laughs> I'd get hyped up and I'm run so a system. <laughs> I made Tommy laugh and it distracted me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm probably <laughs> I get hyped up to run a system or setting, get the players hyped up for it, and then lose interest only after a few sessions. I, used to do that all the I time. stepped away from the role of GM for a while because of this, and when I was ready to run something again, I'd stick with, uh, I stuck with it for a two-year campaign. 
Now my group alternates who GMs, <coughs> and we're running shorter campaigns. This has helped. Now I'm back in the GM seat again, and I see myself in that old familiar pattern. I hyped up a game, and now I'm several sessions in, and it's just not working for me. The game in question is Star Trek Adventures, which I posted about on your forums. I enjoyed Kadave's AP of it, and the system is uh, fine, if a little unusual. I get it. It's a new and different system, and it takes some getting used to. The players say they're having fun, and one player is a big Trek fan, so it's great for him. He's basically running a tabletop version of his character from the Star Trek MMO. I, however, am struggling. As I mentioned, it's just not there for me. I find myself hand-holding and perish the thought, railroading the players just to get through the adventures. They have great ideas and want to go in directions the adventure doesn't account for, and due to my general malaise I'm, uh, and ongoing unfamiliarity with the system, I just don't have the, gun- the gumption to improvise. Given my history with starting and abandoning campaigns not all that long ago, I'm not sure how to broach the subject with my players, most of whom were there for my, wa- uh, were there for my waffling. How do I bring this up after hyping the game to them and getting them interested? It's Saturday morning now, and my game starts at noon. I've seriously considered calling out sick so I don't have to run today. Drink if you want. For the sad little me who's painted herself into a corner yet again. Erica Odd. I think you've asked the wrong question. Oh. I think the question you should ask is, how can you become more interested in the campaign you're running? Not how can you get out of doing it. Grasshopper. It sounds like <laughs> you're playing someone else's adventures. It does, yes. Mm-hmm. And if those aren't doing it for you, mm-hmm. you may want to do something else. Or come up with your own. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Right. Like, come up with your own adventures. <clears throat> the, the episodic nature of Star like of how people like experience Star Trek through the show, I would find very difficult to run. Yes. Yeah. Very t- very hard to encapsulate everything into a four hour session right. and have it all wrap up nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the. I, I'm not going to answer your question because you're answer, asking the wrong question. Mm-hmm. Because you you have hyped up this game to these people, and these people are enjoying this game, and you owe it to them to continue running this game. So what you need to do, I believe, is find the parts of GMing that are fun to you. And apply those parts, do that stuff within this campaign. That is what I have done, because I used to do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And I haven't in a long time. When was the last time I ran a campaign that ran super short, and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore? Uh, I think it's that was the, the L5R one, the dissension, before we switched. That, that, yeah, that was, that was perfectly justified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I gave you an example that you don't like. Well, well no. Well, you could you could go you could go back to a D and D game. You could yeah. go back to. I mean, you, you go, but it's been years. Yeah, you've gotten much years. better at it. And what I what I have discovered is there are there are some parts of GMing that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. World mm-hmm. creation. Mm-hmm. I love world creation. Yeah. And when you're doing Star Trek, you get to create as many worlds as you want. With as much detail or as little detail as you like. Mm-hmm. So if you like world creation, spend your creative time that you would spend prepping or reading other RPG books, which you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> Read Instead of doing that, come up with cool and interesting and unique worlds. Or, if that's not your jam, if your jam is NPCs, come up with a bunch of NPCs. Have The ship has to go back to Starbase whatever for a refit. And... You've got a, a, a whole bunch of people, and maybe there's a murder mystery going on. On, on I mean, you, there's... They go to the holodeck! Right! <laughs> you, can, you can do... 
especially in, in you can do a lot of different things and you have a lot of different sort of themes of campaigns that you can that you can come up with or different genres within that will all fit well within the Star mm-hmm. Trek mm-hmm. sort of flavor and and I, I I think you owe it to your players to to at least try try my method because it worked for mm-hmm. me it's yeah. worked for me I'd sit down it's like oh, I'm getting bored of this game I want to start reading other RPG books nope I'm not going to do that I'm going to sit down I'm going to come up with uh, nine NPCs for the vampire game mm-hmm. yeah um, I think. <clears throat> I mean, you do. I think you do have to reflect a little bit. Is it the system that you dislike, and you're fine with the setting, and you would be interested in running it? You know, uh, or is okay. Sorry, I started talking and I wasn't ready. Uh, is it the system, or is it your disinterest in like the game? That's the, the the difference. If you are playing a system that you mechanically don't enjoy and don't like, that's a harder problem. That's more just kind of like. All right, you kind of maybe have to suck it up a little bit for a little while until you like finish it up, or just house roll the fuck out of it. Yeah, or, or that. Um, or is it that you just aren't feeling invested? You're kind of burned out on it. Um, if it's the first, yeah, house roll the fuck out of it. Um, if it's the second, try and you know, like Stu was saying. Um, I know Erica, you you were one of my awesome playtesters for Decima. Um, I don't think you did it for this game, but that might be something that's kind of interesting that sparks creativity I've had a couple people play it and say I couldn't think of ideas for my game and then I, my players came up with some really cool things that I can turn into really cool storylines stuff like that um, just kind of anything to get yourself it sounds sort of, sort of like writer's block so like Stu was saying you know, find a way to kind of get out of that whether that's watching some Star Trek episodes um, oh that's yeah that's something like every time I'm getting ready to run L5R I, I have I don't know like six or eight uh, samurai movies in my uh, Amazon Prime account. Mm-hmm. I go through and I watch them all, mm-hmm. just to get your brain back, back in that kind of thinking, and yeah. that mm-hmm. and that might help too. Yeah, I always go back before I play or before I run or play in masks and reread my uh, New Teen Titans mag uh, my comics mm-hmm. from like forever ago when I was a kid, and it always like, oh, this puts me right back in the thing. Um, I don't know if that's something oh, that she is in the chat room and she is running a published published adventures. Mm-hmm. Okay. All okay. right. Um, maybe, maybe maybe abandon the published adventure. Yeah, yeah. Fuck those guys. Um, yeah. I, like, like Stu, I found, it took me a while to actually find, like, how I like to run adventures or how I like to prep. And for me, it's a, it's a lot of world building. And also, I like to put my players in an untenable situation and let them figure out how they deal with it. Then I get to react to them. I have a lot of fun trying to figure out what the fuck's going on and it's the um, uh, the improv is with my players, not so much with the adventure. Right. And I think that's what it kind of is like, oh, I don't even care that much about these NPCs. I don't want to improv, like, what their family's like or whatever. Right. Um, but it's that whole, like, you know, they're, everything's going fine and the Romulans and Klingons <laughs> get into a war. Or... The Klingons get into a civil war and breaks into five different pieces, and the Romans split into two because one wants to do one faction, one wants to do the other faction, and then the Ferengi come in with all a bunch of other people, and then the Cardassians want to get into the fight, and then the whole Federation is suddenly at war with everybody. Holy shit! What the fuck do we do? Right. And you're like, look at the captain, and go, what? What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what are you gonna do? Oh yeah, you make you know? the shit really hit the fan. Oh, can't get a hold of uh, Starfleet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she she said uh, one thing I've noticed is that the published adventures in the book 
I have all seem to have similar a similar theme. Maybe it's the sameness that's affecting me. There you go. Yeah. At least three adventures have alien ships from who knows where that the characters have to explore and figure out what's going on, etc. Yeah. Really? That yeah, sounds very similar. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the problems, and that's one of the reasons I've never used a published adventure. There's been a couple that I've like downloaded and looked at and stuff like that, but they always just seem <coughs> they just kind of seem hollow to me. And my eyes glaze, my eyes glaze over. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh god. It, to me, I, I mean, it's 100 percent like the, the <coughs> teacher's guide they give you to teach a lesson. You're like, say this, and then have the students turn to page this, and I'm just like, oh god, oh god, no. It's the you worst. are a ten by twenty foot chamber. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yep, Dave used one of the, his adventures on his AP, actually. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have difficulty even writing adventures kind of like that for Tender Bunch of Zero because it's only four hours and they're all like one shots. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to like structure my notes in like kind of like a three act sort of adventure right. kind of format. Fuck that! Like, I, I it's just not my jam. Like, even putting it together, it's like, fuck, I don't want to think about exactly what's going to happen, what's going to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what if something happened? It's just, it's just bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah, just find find what works for you, what works for your players. I, I 100% agree, because there are so many different GM styles. Yeah. And, and it's hard to, like, I find it's a lot harder to improv off of something that's written and kind of scripted. Like, it's much easier when you created the world and created the universe to, to mm-hmm. improv, because you it, know everything you, about it. And it's almost like you don't feel you should have the leeway, maybe. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're you might, worried it'll yeah. fuck something up down the road. Right. right. You're like, okay, if I mess this up, but if I improv this and they don't end up talking to that guy, then, I mean, I can't, yeah. I have no <coughs> idea what the Star Trek things are. Am like. I supposed to know what the fuck Talarians are? <laughs> I don't even know if there's a Talarian race, but it only... What uh, what percentage did it have tell, on their foreheads? Tell your rights. Tell, tell your rights. No, tell your right is a ski no slope. <laughs> That's in Tellurians. Tellurians. To car. I was teller tellurite tellurite or some tellurite. Okay, tellurite. No exploded nose. That's that's like half of them. Well, well, yeah, it's the it's the, the it's the ones it, it's the like like star. No, kind of? no, it's more, more like. Smack him in the nose of the front. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember what the word I'm so lost. Tellerites. Tellerites? Could be. Tell- sure. Maybe it's Tellerites. I don't know. Anyway. Yes, and. So, and if you want to if you want to end the game, just apologize and say, sorry, I'm doing what I've been doing over and over again one more time. Mm-hmm. But I won't do it next time. They'll believe you again. They will. I mean, see, also another <laughs> thing, too, is they will. I'm giving her the shame look. <laughs> He's really good at that look because we've all given it to him many times. Yes. Um, you could have them like suddenly go through a portal and then they're in a world where it's like ah. the universe is actually flat with mm. like different pl- elemental poles. <laughs> and but they're in your Star Trek <laughs> ship trying to figure shit out and then dragons come. And- uh, it's just, it, she, she said it's Tellarites. Those are the pig-faced aliens that first appeared in Journey to Babel in the original series. Yes. Huh. And right, they're well. also, they also, uh, I think they were in uh, Enterprise, which is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah. this, of all this here. But if you're really honestly not having fun, like you are a player, you should be having fun too. Like, talk to them. See if the guy who super loves Star Trek, like, mm-hmm. it sounds like he has a lot to go for on. See if he would, like, switch off with you or 
I don't know, you, you do one adventure arc and he does the next adventure arc or something yeah. like that. That's the cool thing about having a cool ship mm-hmm. with so many characters is you can have characters kind of come and go. So your character mm-hmm. can be in when he's jamming and then, oh, then... It's I don't know. hilariously is actually built into the system. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So like you make you can make extra characters oh, based yeah, on right. how big yeah, your yeah. ship is. Oh, and then yeah. you can just be like, Oh well, you know, I'll get to play my character. And mm. so if you're playing, you know, the doctor, you can switch to a security guard to go actually like do stuff yeah. as opposed she to She said, honestly, since I wrote that email, because this email is probably three or four weeks old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been getting better, but it's still kinda meh. Do, I, it, do a murder mystery. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. You get a, you're, Man. A, yeah. I, Federation well, justice. I <laughs> Personally, for me, I loathe doing murder mysteries. I'm terrible at them. I'm terrible at mysteries. Or just so trying to figure it out. Something that is not typically yeah. in the in the Star Trek genre. Um, or playing a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> that is the that of this episode. That would absolutely like, kind of mix things up. Make sure there's not an ugly lamp in the background. All right. Thank you for the email, Erica. And uh, converting an eight-year-old murder hobo from Rufus. Ah, well, I guess this one's mine. <laughs> Excellent. Hi, Happy Jack's crew. I hope I finally come up with questions worthy of the podcast. You decide. Uh, there are no stupid questions. No. no. Only us saying stupid shit. Stupid answers. <laughs> I have an ingenious eight-year-old who's a pretty good storyteller, likes RPGs already, and re- really gets into his characters. We played Star Wars, Fantasy Flight, and Hero Kids. Yay! Mm-hmm. And Epilion, PBT Day Dragons. I am unfamiliar with this one. It's very cool. Yeah? Yeah. It's, I haven't played it, but I downloaded it. And mm, get it for my nieces. They're super into dragons. Yeah. Uh, the challenge is that he wants to slice first and not ask questions. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I hope to coach him in a little more diversity <coughs> of responses to challenges and would appreciate any advice. I have had some success with non-combat challenges in published adventures, but he's always looking for a fight. I have ambitions to try a game with his friends, too, and want to be prepared. Shall we take this question as a sure, yeah, poll? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's 80. He's going to be murdering shit. He's not done cooking yet. <laughs> At <laughs> all. Know? He's barely begun cooking. Yeah, barely. So you can't really expect him to be an adult. Uh, I played. I ran rifts for my stepson when he was eight, and oh. he had a ton of fun murdering everything. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's kind of a know your audience thing here. I think. Yeah, I mean, he's probably. I mean, cartoons are <clears throat> slightly better about this than they used to be, but very little, um, and especially if he's into um, anime and things like that. They do some talking, but uh, most of it is kicking ass, right. and so. That's kind of the example of that he gets from movies and everything else. So that's something that he probably connects very strongly mm. with kind of the hero journey is people beating yeah. other people or monsters up. And probably like at eight, you're, you've had people tell you what to do for a relatively long time now, but have absolutely no power whatsoever. Yeah. So right. saying no and stabbing somebody probably like is a power fantasy mm-hmm. that feels pretty good for an eight-year-old. Yeah. Well, and they see it as a very adult thing to do. Because right. that's what they see. They see adults doing this on TV and things like that. So, like, fighting is an adult thing. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a very normal thing. Mm. So I wouldn't... I, don't be alarmed. Um, the, the, yeah. the thing I think you want to stay away from is over-coaching to not do that. You know what I mean? Or punishing to not do that. Definitely Let not him have his fun. <laughs> yeah. Right? Of like, mm, 
So maybe you want to do a non-combat thing here. You, mm-hmm. you can remind him that non-combat is an option. Mm-hmm. But it'd be like, ah, fuck it. Well, I probably won't say that. Um, stab him in the kidney. You would. Yeah, I but, would. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, actually, I didn't cuss at all when I was, until I was, oh. like, out of high school. Well, they, yeah. yeah. You made up for it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and how. Um, uh, I, that's, I think that's, that's the most you can hope for. Yeah, I think... I mean, if you really wanted to, you might be able to create, like... A, like it sounds like it's just you um, playing with them. Um... Because usually if there's, like, a group consensus with kids that you might, you'd probably get a little bit more diversity in decisions. Not a lot, but some. Um, I don't know. You might be able to create um, an NPC that they go to for advice or that is traveling with them that they could have conversations with. So it's not just you as dad. Don't do that. Um, or, sorry, I'm just... Maybe I'm adding it in there that you were dad. Sorry about that. But, um... But, you know, just as an adult figure saying, don't do that, they could, like, actually have a conversation talking to an NPC about their thoughts about, like, why? No, I really want to stab him. Well, why? Mm -hmm. Then at least then you're getting the why of it. So if they have a good reason to want to stab the person. Because I'm eight and I can. (laughs) I can't do this normally. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They say no biting. (laughs) They do. Very specific on that. Um... I don't know. So you could like gently at least com- like have the, the at least have them reflect on their decisions. Um, so yeah. One thing you could also have is like a random like like uh, Jiminy Cricket. You mm-hmm. know, like Vampire Hunter D. There's like a mouth in his hand that fucking talks to him about shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, or whatever. Like you'd have things where you can have an actual NPC that like, do you really want to do this? I mean, you stabbed another guy. Like, how are we going to know? And kind of introduce that idea through mm-hmm. him talking with an NPC that only he could see. Mm-hmm. And so it, or here, I don't know if you can see it or not, but um, to just kind of like, sort of introduce that idea of a conscience. Yeah. I mean, in the game I'm running, I have one like, the werewolf has a conscience that is the most moral person in the entire game, and the mage has none whatsoever and just murder shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can have these two different things in the same game, but, like, if you can actually, like, make it so that uh, uh, they sort of think more about it or talk about consequences of it and stuff without actually giving consequences. Yeah. Because that... I think giving, especially to an eight-year-old, like, they get in trouble. I got in trouble, Uh, at least for me. So, like, sitting down in a game and getting in trouble sounds like like bullshit. Okay, we're going to play a role-playing game where we're all going to go to the office for eight hours, and you get two 15-minute coffee breaks and a half-hour lunch. Yeah, no one's going to sit down and play that game. (laughs) But I think think there's a difference between having punishments and having consequences for what the kid does in the game. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. And I think having that that follow through where it's like, oh, like you were looking for a clue. Oh, but you killed the guy. You know, I mean, it, the clue's gone. Yeah, like, or they were maybe they could have answered your questions and and posing that as a possibility, not in a judgmental or demeaning or that's what you should have done like kind of way, but like, oh, you know, maybe they had information. Maybe next time you can talk to the person. Eight eight year old me is saying, well, therefore I must torture them before I kill them. <laughs> <laughs> also a possibility but just giving the suggestion of other courses of action right yeah yeah and having them start because this is kind of the age where they start to 
figure that out. Like, this is very age appropriate for this age. This is not an age where kids are starting to reflect on, you know, the fork in the road ahead of them. Like, that is, that is a many years down the road. But just starting to be like, hey, sometimes it's good to, you know, use our words. Right. Don't say it like that, because then you'll sound like me, and then that they're gonna. No, I don't want to use my words. <laughs> and like the fun just gets drained yeah, out of them. I am the enemy. Of the I won't fun. use my words. How about I use my foot? Have you seen uh, what we do in the shadows? What, the, the TV show. I haven't seen the TV oh, okay, show. Okay, never mind then. The, the cat. They, they did such a good job with the casting oh, on that show. Sh- oh, that's the thing so I was really that's worried about because the the the, the film was, it was yeah it was film, film right yeah. that. It's unbelievable. So good. Yeah. And and I'm like, oh god, they're gonna try to remake it, and it's gonna, it's not gonna, because they're not gonna. But they did a fantastic job with the cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really good. The marketing at Comic Con was really great. It was fun. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> they had like posters and stuff, and then they had like the fake vampire teeth. It was very fun. <laughs> uh, uh, question two. Uh, thinking about existing multi-format intellectual properties that include an RPG. Star Wars, Expanse, Transformers, Dresden, etc. What do you think is better? More fun, more interesting, easier, you define better to work with. A setting with deep but narrow existing content focused on a few characters, or something that has more broadly developed universe with so many damn characters and the biggest retcon in Western culture that you can fit your own little epic in without anyone noticing, or something in between. This question could also be applied to the RPG space alone, if you find that fruitful for discussion. I'm not tracking. I'm not tracking. I, I would much rather play in a gigantic universe. Like, uh, rather than... He's basically asking, I think mm. my interpretation of the question is, would you rather play, like, in Star Wars that has literally universes of things happening all at the same time, or would you like to play, like, with Harry Dresden in Chicago, yeah. where you are or, with or, those characters? Or, like, Firefly, so where yeah. all the story has to do with those characters. So he, he's, he's saying bumping into existing storylines from the IP? Yeah, Is that you, what we're talking do about? you want to be in a small, IP, or a small gathering where you are the stars, <clears throat> and you are interacting with the characters from the IP that you know? Like, Darth Vader, Luke... Like you, that's your little story. Or would you rather play in like a larger universe where you can kind of do your own thing without them even noticing you're there? Oh, the latter, <laughs> by far. Oh, the former. So. Oh, really? With with Absolutely. the characters? Well, no, no, no. What I like is the characters having an impact. Ah. Oh, sure. So yeah. if like if like Darth Vader exists, mm-hmm. my characters are going to be the ones fighting Darth Vader, not fucking Luke Skywalker. Right. Like. For the Dune game that I'm I'm prepping, if Modiphius comes out with the Dune RPG at some point, um, like I want the characters. We're going to start right before the Dune book, but uh, Jessica had a daughter mm-hmm. that is getting married to Fade Rotha, so oh. there's no call. Right, everything's now different, but all of the characters are the same. The world's all there. Right, everything's still set up, but now my characters, I'm putting them in a very specific position mm-hmm. to. Change the world. Interesting. I I really hate meta plot from other media, like other mm-hmm. stories. Like right. I'm not interested in that meta plot because my characters should be free to like forge their own destiny and forge right. their own story. Yeah. See, when when I ran the Star Wars campaign, um, I set it at a period of time which had not yet ever really been addressed, as far as I know, mm-hmm. in novels and stuff like that, which is after episode 6 before episode 7 so and it, and I, f- I basically figured that the Empire it's big it's 
spanning most you know 70% of a galaxy it's going to take a while to collapse so it still exists so the basically the, the premise of the game was no one really knows the emperor's dead yet they're they're they've got you know hollow films of him giving speeches and stuff to pretend just like the the Soviet Union used to do when the when the general secretary would die right they would they would de- deny it for two or three months until they figured out who was going to be in charge next mm-hmm. they didn't want there to be a coup or an right. invasion or whatever so so basically everyone the, the the government's in denial saying oh no he's still alive the emperor's still alive mm-hmm. but but there but the people and there are people in the know you know the moths are going around. You know, gathering up, you know, building up their fiefdoms in case of the imminent collapse ends up balkanizing the galaxy or whatever. So, finding a time where nothing interesting happened and having something in- interesting happen in it, I think, is a good way to avoid that. If if your players have an issue with the sanctity of the of the the plot of the existing media, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, I I'm the same. I'd much rather play. In the universe and not with those main characters. Like if I was ever to do it like a Dresden game, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want Dresden necessarily to be there. I would want, it, yeah, do yeah. a totally different like, city, different time, yeah, yeah, different time or or just something else. Like it might be interesting to do the White Council where you know right. um, having drama. I'm not going to like give away stuff in the books, but or whatever. You know when they were fighting. No, the Red- it's been 80 years since the last book came out. You can talk all you want about what's going on. Well, <laughs> feels like it, but the next is coming out. It's very exciting. <coughs> but I like I love like that world, but I don't want to play with those main characters because that's something that somebody else has created and written and made. And like I, if I was a GM, I might have them woven in a little bit. Like maybe they drop off the hint to the story or something, just because it's like a nod to the setting. Right. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I like. I don't know. Well, I mean, for Dresden, I mean, I told you about the game that I won to run that everybody I know who was really into Dresden Files fucking hated. Yeah. Because I just <laughs> gonna murdered 90% of the characters. Yeah. And fucked the entire world up so that the characters had stuff to do instead of having all these incredibly powerful characters that have answers to everything. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want them to have answers to things I want the characters to. And when it, I'm, I'm a huge iconoclast when it comes to Metaplot. Like, it just kind of gives me hives. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, like... Like, I want everything to make sense. And, like, if the Metaplot is happening, it just fucking bugs me. Mm-hmm. Because... There are easy answers to stuff, or other c- people could be doing stuff. I, see, I actually, I actually find integrating just, the, the meta plot mm. a complicating factor. Yeah, no, that's what I say. It. I hate it. I want to get rid of the meta plot. Oh, okay. <clears throat> which is why, like, for the Dune game, if there's no Paul Atreides, mm-hmm. there's no, like... Right. 80% of the books are gone. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, like, in Dresden Files, if... You know, I don't, I don't remember who is Harry specifically, but like they're like really major characters that are just going to have horrible things happen to. Mm-hmm. And like mm, people who really like the story are not going to like these horrible things happening to their characters. Oh, sure, yeah. But for me, like if the White Council exists, that's a very difficult thing to get around when I'm giving complications to the characters. Yeah. And see, for me, I see that as a complication that's added to the list of complications I'm giving to the players. Like you have to work around that. You have to figure out how to make. Yeah, the, work. The, but they're not my white council. No, exactly. Oh, sure, well, sure, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, at, at that point, I think you kind of have to ask yourself: Why are you running Dresden Files? Why aren't you just running any urban fantasy? Well, because the world itself is fucking awesome. Like, but the world is made up of works. the parts that are in it. 
<laughs> yes, but the, the the people interact with the world. The how the actual like magic works. How yeah. the 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 whole fey work. Like the different types of vampires are fucking awesome. Like yeah. right. the world building that has happened mm-hmm. is super super cool. Plus, I think first edition Dresden Fate is the best Fate I've ever seen. That's the two big books, right? That's the two big okay. books. Um, it's it's I like it so much more than Fate Accelerated. I like it so much more than Fate Core. Just it is very specifically integrated for that specific world in a way that I think is mwah, yeah. beautiful. So I want to play in that world. I, but I also like fucking things up. Right. You know, as you can tell if you ever see my show, The Autumn People. <laughs> <laughs> the chat was talking about earlier, they like it. Yes. <laughs> um, but I also, I mean, I like my characters have the ability to do big repercussions. Yeah. Um, so, or do big, do big things. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's where I am on my plot. Yeah. All right. Plot. Thank you. Is that well, you had a little bit left of the yeah. name? Of I feel like that's a very personal decision too, by the way. And I think even if you had a, oh, yeah. a table of players sit down, they might feel differently. Right. Each one of them about that particular thing. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. It, 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 if Tappy was running was running a Dresden Files game for a bunch of like hardcore Dresden fans, he would have a revolt on his. Head. Yeah, they'd be like, after the first game, like, you know, man, I. Uh, <clears throat> I gotta get surgery like in a week, and then every Wednesday night for the next like, month. I'm just being, I mean, I have to get out outside once in a while, but like, yeah, on uh, on your game night, I just I'm having a <laughs> neck transplant, and uh, I'm living in the hospital for uh, the next uh, year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you do- love the show? Oh, love the shows! I'm still reading this. <laughs> I forgot, and I love the shows and the actual plays. Uh, make me love my commute. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. Oh, Thank cool. <clears throat> I hope one day to share my greatest triumph. It involves my son, a fire, a failed role, the Lion King, and saving the day. Thanks. Your obedient what? listener in Corvallis, Rufus Ingram, quietly on the forums. What? I want to hear that story. That sounds a lot better than Stu's story. <laughs> my story was awesome. What are you talking about? The story you're, was awesome. Your fire, your, yours did not involve a fire, a failed role, the Lion King, and saving the day. But it involved a hooker at a game convention thinking it's like a which, dentist convention. Yeah, which is <laughs> funny. But a fire in the Lion King. Hooker in a game convention is going to be my next like small press game. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be a collectible card game. Oh, no. Need to collect it. All of the all no. the all the different uh, no. Uh, no. Um, archetypes of mm. of people that go to a game convention. Oh, I thought you said you'd go to Vegas and get all like the stripper cards they give you. No, <laughs> I had some friends say <laughs> little there. advertisement. Cards. Yeah, little things. We we uh, 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 wallpapered one of the trailers at EJ with those. <laughs> and somebody just get as many as you can. So it came out with like you know. Oh, you find them all over the in. street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. So. Thank you, uh, thank you, Rufus, for the email. Mm-hmm. And, and I will end it up. Yeah. Uh, I think there's still one more day on our giveaway. If you go to happyjacks.org slash giveaway, you can enter to win the awesome Easy Roller dice trays that are staged that they gave us. And I'd also like to thank easyrollerdice.com yep. for their uh, support of this show for, for years now. Yeah. And uh, also remind you, go to easyrollerdice.com slash bags for their Kickstarter for their second series self-standing reversible microfiber dice bags. Woohoo! Woohoo! I was going to do jingle. I didn't have time. No. Oh. All right. We're Thank you very much. Bags.
Thank you for joining us for Season 25, Episode 5 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. And I'm Happy. And we'll see you next week, Friday, 7 p.m. Pacific Time, happyjacks.org slash live. And don't forget, easyrollerdice.com slash bags. Bags. For that Kickstarter. Yep. Thank you very much. Move the song. Bye. In vain, for the host will drink and gather on till no emails remain. Oh, happy jacks are patron saint of the skillful game master. Oh, guide us well with ascending to avert a disaster. Whether fate or curse or millions of apocalyptic acts, fellow listeners and every host will always have our backs. Unless you're playing D and D and To your fair maid, you tend in your flock. What brings you so early unto this green spot? My father's in the field and he's waiting for me. Call the owls to the nouns, Molly and me. Call the owls to the nouns, Molly and me. My father's a shepherd herding sheep on the hill. If you get his sanction, I'll be at your will. And if he does grant it, then right glad I'll be. Call the owls to the nouns, Molly and me. Call the owls to the nouns, Molly and me. Good morning to your old man, you're counting your flock. Could you spare me a ewe lamb for to keep up my stock? Then grass for to feed her on yonder green lee. Call the owls to the nouns, Molly and me. Call the owls to the nouns, Molly and me. Gang down to yon burnside and choose your ain lamb. You can get it as easy as any man can. And grass for to feed her on yonder green lee. Call the owls to the nouns. Molly and me, call the owls to the nouns, Molly and me. So Tommy, step forward, cut Molly by the hand, and right for her father this couple did stand, saying, this is the ewe lamb that I asked from thee. Call the owls to the nouns, Molly and me, call the owls to the nouns, Molly and me. I sure did not think that you meant my own child And since I have said it, well then let it be Call the owls to the nouns, Molly and me Call the owls to the nouns, Molly and me Call the owls to the nouns, Molly
The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.